Support for this episode is brought to you by SipTequila.com. It's almost summertime. Are you stocked up on your favorite tequilas for your vacation, graduation parties, or afternoons by the pool? Be sure to check out SipTequila.com as they continue to add additional brands to their lineup. More options with the same great customer service. SipTequila.com. Premium tequilas shipped direct to your door. From selling millions of albums with Van Halen to selling millions of bottles of tequila, Sammy Hagar has had quite an impressive journey. With a passion for Mexico and tequila, Sammy isn't your typical celebrity brand owner. We're going to hear some of his story as we sip on his latest offering, Santo Fino, on this episode of the Agave Social Club Podcast, hosted by me, Doug Price. Welcome to the show. This is the Agave Social Club Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Price. My guest today is legendary Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, the OG of Celebrity Tequila, the Red Rocker himself, Mr. Sammy Hagar. Sammy, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for being here, my friend. Oh, thank you, Doug. At your service here. Sammy, for anyone who doesn't fully know the impact that you've made on the tequila industry, back around 1996, you launched Cabo Wabo Tequila. This started out as the the house brand for your very successful Cabo Wabo Cantinas. And by the time you start your exit of the brand around 2007, it was the number two selling premium tequila brand in the U.S. The old lighthouse bottles, older bottles, even today are still very sought after. People are looking for those great bottles. You eventually sell the entire brand, and then in 2011, you launch Sammy's Beach Bar Rum, and then around 2017, you get back into the tequila business with Santofino and your Mezquila. What was it that made you want to get back into the industry? Well, because I'm, I'm an idea person, and when I have an idea, that's when I get going. I don't sit around and try to think of things to do. All these crazy things. Inspiration is a strange thing. It comes to you. So I'm sitting there one day, and I'm thinking, geez, you know, I really miss promoting, you know, the tequila thing because, you know, yeah. I'm making this rum now, but my favorite, my favorite thing is tequila. That's my favorite spirit. Rum's yeah. my second. I'm a nut about going down to, you know, and, to, and going into the agave fields and seeing the way it's made. It's the most romantic uh, spirit there is. I mean, I don't care. Vodka and all mm-hmm. that. They just pour grain into something. I mean, this stuff grows on the planet and it's these gorgeous plants and the way they harvest it, the whole process. Uh, honestly, I got, I got homesick for it. I was saying, man, I, I want to go back down there and just, you know, do this. So first thing was, I don't want to compete with myself. Campari did a great thing for me. So I thought, well, I'll just, I'll make mezcal. Everyone loves mezcal. So I yeah. went to Oaxaca first and I got back into the whole thing about making mezcal and I'm drinking all these different mezcals and the more special they were, the more high end they were, the more, you know, sought after they were worse to me. It, okay. it was like, they just, Oh, I, I'm just not a mezcal guy. So I backed off and said, wow, what can I do? So I was talking to one of my Mexican friends down there in, in locally. He said, maybe you should try to make a, a hybrid. And so that's how mezquila came to be. I said, oh, maybe we'll mix. But mixing mezcal and, and tequila together in a shaker and pouring it out, it's, it's oil and water. It will not blend. So I went to my distiller, Juan, Juan Eduardo, who original Cabo Wabo guy yeah. in the old blue bottles. And I said, how can we do this? He said, you can't do it. I said, well, I, then I came up with the name of Mesquila. I said, you know, let's make Mesquila. He goes, mm, that's an interesting concept. So that's how I got back into it. I just kind of was going down and goofing off with my friends down there and going around tasting things. And pretty soon I came up with a hybrid. And then when Guy Fieri came in, Oh no no! We got to make Blanco. We got to make Reposado. We got to make. We got to do it again, brother. You know, you did it once. I want to. You know, guys, like if you get around him for five minutes, you're going to be doing something that you've probably <laughs> never done before. <laughs> I mean, he's a spark plug. He just, 
you know, he's full of energy. So anyway, that's how I got back into it. I wasn't really thinking about it. wasn't really trying, but the light kept coming on. And then I was really happy with mesquite. I thought, gee, I can drink this. And it makes a great smoky margarita. So You said Gathietti's a part of this. You guys, it seems like, really have a, a great authentic friendship. I heard a story that back before he was America's favorite chef, he was you know, working in his restaurants. And there was a promo back in the day. Whoever sold the most Cabo Wabo would get, I think, a signed guitar by you and a meet and greet. And he was such a, a fan of yours that he said, no one's going to beat me. I'm going to do this. And it, sure enough, he won that competition and he got a chance to meet you. Is that how that friendship started over the years? Because it really has evolved into a, a really great friendship as, as you've brought him in to this brand. Oh, yeah. And it's exactly how it happens. You know, guys, are, he's a go-getter. You know, if he says, I'm going to do something, he's going to do it. So he took a high-end tequila and put it in as well. I mean, it, the stupidest bar move <laughs> on the planet, right? He said, I'm going to move it. Yeah. I'm going to move it. He had it. a $9 per liter well drink, I'm sure. And he put a $37 bottle of a 750, no less, not even a liter in as well, and, and selling for the same price. So he, you know, he won the contest. But, you know, back when you said how I, you know, had the number two premium tequila in the world, well, that was pretty easy back then because it was only me and Patron. <laughs> Don Julio hadn't even come to America yet. I mean, it was really, you know, the it was really mixtos. You know, there was Haradura, which pretty good yeah. stuff. And of course, you know, and, and Cuevo and Sousa and, and, and some really low end stuff. You know, the, uh, the main thing that if I say if I did anything, it was I came in early because I really I tasted a yeah. percent agave and it blew my mind the, I was one of those guys that said somebody say, oh, man, here, try this tequila. I'd say, oh, no, no, my tequila days are over. You know, I've spent too many days, you know, sick on, you know, overdoing it. Because it's such a fun, festive thing, agave spirits. I mean, yeah. the lime and the salt and all that. I still love that ritual. I mean, I don't do it because you don't need to. Before I drink any tequila, I, I have a little taste of salt because, it, you know, if you've been chewing spearmint gum or something, you know, you, you can't get a good flavor out of the tequila. So you, you need that salt thing. It just really happens. But then you don't want to do that all night, man. You'll end up, you know, <laughs> parched. Yeah. So guy come in, he won the contest. He met me backstage. I'm looking at him. I'm walking through the door and I'm going, well, this dude looks just like me, man. He's He's got my shades on. He's got the blonde bleached hair, you know, and and I gave him the guitar. We took some photos and then I went on stage. And when I came off stage, he went back to his restaurant and he made a bunch of sushi. I think the place was Johnny Garlic's and he made this sushi okay. and he put it on the back of the guitar. And when I came walking off stage, he walks in my dressing room and hands me and we ate sushi off the guitar. Now that I said, this is my kind of guy. And we just, we yeah. stayed friends forever. I'm sure, you know, having someone with, with his energy and his palate has been a huge advantage for food pairings with the tequila and for cocktail recipes. Cause he's, I mean, this, this guy is the real deal in the kitchen. Yeah, Doug. And as you know, every spirit our wine and everything, food, it's all about your personal preference and your palate. Yeah. And so when I started Cabo Wabo, I had such a hard time people believing that it was really high end, that it was really great tequila. And because I happen to have a good palate, I've been collecting wine since this, you know late sixties, early seventies. I have an unbelievable wine collection. So anyway, I, I've got a good palate, and all my all my chef friends know this. So having another guy like Guy Fieri with a palate, say, oh no, he's a chef. He know you know he's got a palate. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Helps verify it. Just you know really validate my love for fine things. And our tequila, I think, is the best. It starts with the best blanco that I can possibly make for my palate. I'm saying there it is, you know, and it's just really about trimming the agave a little tighter 
and using riper agaves. Not nowadays, people are using yeah. freaking basketball size agaves. Man, you know, it's really about just doing things right. And guy verifies it. Like every time I go, oh, this is it, guys. Take, say, oh, brother, yeah, boom, high five, brother, high five, Arneho which is right here. Like I said, I'm about to taste this for the first time. This tonight, I have to make a little video telling Guy what I think. I mean, it's go it's going yeah. in the bottles, but we agreed on it. It was like I had a partner. It was like before I'm sitting there trying to convince my distributors and my other people that, you know, involved that it's right to go, oh, well, let's get somebody professional to taste it and find out. So now I've got a, prof a professional guy. So guy, guy helps cut a lot of, through a lot of bullshit for me. <laughs> I just go, I and I think it's right. Everybody goes, okay, it's right. You know? So, I mean, the tequila landscape, uh, very different from 1996 for right now. Santo Fino, when that was in development, was it a natural, easy transition getting back into it? Or did you have to pivot? And, and as you look at the current industry to say, hey, this is different when you were one of the first getting in there for what it is today. Well, yeah, for me, it's it, I didn't pay attention to what was really going on. It's not the reason I got back in the business. I got back in the business because it's yeah. fun. I love it. When I see my tequila on a back bar or see it in a liquor store or a grocery store, that's the same feeling I get and I got when I was in Montrose or in Van Halen or any bands when I turn on a radio in a car and I hear my song on the radio. I say, oh, holy shit. You know, you can't imagine how good that feels. Well, it feels the same way when I see my booze on a back bar like yours back there, right there. And so it was real easy to get back in. I got in for those reasons. And it wasn't because it was growing. Uh, I'm, I'm actually disappointed that it got so big because it's more fun when it's, when it's really, really special, you know. But at the same time, I, I just went back in straight from the heart, straight from my palate. But it was really hard making mezquila. I got to tell you, people don't realize that you that mezcal and tequila do not blend that well. So like I said, wanted, it took us a year to get it right. I kept saying, well, let's try 70-30 or 49-51. I mean, we, we tried to do so many different, you know, blends of what, you know, the balance to get it. And it never was right by just mixing it in a barrel and put it in a bottle and say, how about this? So one day, Juan Eduardo, the distillers, came and said, ah, try this. He goes, he, he said he went to his workers, everyone in his farm and his, his ranch, the farmers and everyone. He said, okay, he thought he, he came up with an idea and his secret. And he said, try this. And, and one guy said, this is not tequila. This is not mezcal. This is mezcal because it blended. And he, he, he just did a special process of aeration and little things that he that I guess is kind of a secret, you know, but I, I don't want to play that game, you know, like I said, but I think he just distilled them one more time together instead of just trying to pour the two together. You put them in and you distill them again and another filt filtration and then aeration that made it one that brought it together. It's and it's a it's a higher spirit. Mesquila is honestly, it's a higher spirit. And I think that that was the hardest thing to do, but it was the most rewarding. When I got that and I had people tasting it, and they go, oh, this tastes like, oh, this kind of like tastes like old-fashioned tequila. I said, yeah. In the old days, they, yeah. they would burn everything, you know what I mean, and before they got a little more sophisticated with the way they make it. So I'm really proud of that. But Guy Fieri, what he came in and said, I lo he loves it, the mesquila. He drinks it more than I do. Him and Michael Anthony are mesquila nuts. But – he just said, we got to make a Blanco. And I said, well, he said, how are we going to make a Blanco? I said, we already got a Blanco. The Blanco that went into this mezquila, I tasted that first and said, this is the best Blanco I've ever had in my life. And then that's, you know, how, how you start. You got to start with a Blanco. To me, 
That's it. Yeah. You know, if you can't, if, if people taste your Blanco and don't like it, they're probably not going to like the Reposado or the Añejo. And yep. uh, I, I would say my Blanco's for me, the best. And, you know, it's got enough sweetness. It's, it's refined. It's, it's not over distilled. It's got enough agave, but it has enough earthiness and enough. It's got that vegetation kind of thing. Of, it's not too high in the highlands. It's right mid level on the mountain. It's everything about it is just right, 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 right. And we trim that green crap off as much of it as possible. So it's gets to the heart. It's like eating the heart of a watermelon. You know, you don't eat the watermelon outside the seeds. You know what I mean? You cut a watermelon in half, you see that little seed line, you go right there in the middle, eat that part. It's the best part. That's that's what we make the tequila out of. Tequila is so hot. You know this. You, this has been you know a big part of your life, Sammy. It is undeniable that you laid the foundation for quote unquote celebrity tequila. And this is not an opportunity for you. This has been passion. I mean, I can tell your energy. You've got the tattoos for it. I mean, this is something that has really been part of your lifestyle, and and not just an opportunity. As we've seen, so many other celebrities, you know, they go after tequila as it continues to gain in popularity. Santofino, while well, yes, this does fall under celebrity umbrella, but this is made super well. I mean, this is very authentic. This is confirmed additive free via tequila matchmaker. I mean, that's a huge thing for this project. You mentioned this. You went to NAM 1107 Tequila El Vajito, where Cabo started. Was it just a natural fit? You, you said, hey, I'm going back to the same place. I've got the relationship. Or, or what was that like as you were starting to, to figure out, hey, who are the pieces that I want to have be a part of this? Boy, every question you ask got 15 answers. <laughs> <laughs> I try to try to stay focused. <laughs> Going back to El Vajito was because Juan Eduardo got in trouble with with Cabo Wobble in the middle of the whole thing, and he he got in trouble with the government with taxes, and they kind of shut him down. And I had to leave there okay. and go to a, a bigger producer at that time that still did a great job. But I just remembered that Juan Eduardo when I first used to talk to him about, hey, can you what can we do to make this better? He looked at me and said. I can't make better tequila. I will only make the best tequila I can possibly make. I can't make better tequila yeah. for you or th than I do for this guy. He goes, he's an artist. He's very uppity like that. And he doesn't like you to try to push him to do anything different. He goes, you want the best tequila? Use the best agave, the best ripe agave we can get. We cut it the best. We, we cook it twice. You cook it and let it rest and then cook it again like a steak. You know how you cook a steak and let it rest. The juices come back in. And then you cook it again and it's more caramelized. And he goes, and then you, you gently press it out, you know? And so he's got all these things and he said, that's the way you do it. And, and that's the only way. And, and so I love that so much. I wanted to go back to him because I know that he did make, in my opinion, the best tequila in the world. And he still does. The distillery back started with like 1937. I mean, he's third generation. There's a lot of history at this yeah, distillery. Yeah. His father was the first guy I ever dealt with too. And he was just starting to take over when I first made Cobble Wobble back in 88. When I was going around trying to look for, you know, the, the people to make it uh, before I took it to a, to the bigger level. The fact that it's chemical free and they're additive free. That's the way it, who in the hell would put crap in their tequila to begin with? I mean, I only like I'm Eduardo. He's like him and I have the same thing. Wait a minute. What do you mean additive free? It's just tequila. That's where you're supposed to make tequila. You don't want to put additives in it unless you, it's flawed if it's flawed if the if the agaves are too young and they're green and use too many too much of the stem and too much of the roots and the nastiness of the roots uh, then you have to put sweeteners in there and if you're not going to age it long enough in in proper wood barrels so you got to put wood chips in there or add coloring no we don't do any of that you know what i mean if that's why our añejos are over two years old because the color wasn't there i kept guy and I kept looking and say, wow, this is a year and a half and it still don't have enough color, but we're not going to add no color to it. We're not going to put wood yeah. chips in there to get more wood out of it. 
So we just got, we put it in newer barrels, use once barrels, not barrels that have been used 40 times, like half these Añejos out there. They get, they get dark really quick and they get nasty too. I, I just really think that that's, to call my art tequila additive free sounds like a trend. It, it's, it's just, it's real tequila. Okay, to start with. And then the yeah. celebrity thing. The reason I don't like to be tagged as a celebrity, because I didn't just put my name on it, just like Cabo Wabo. I went down there. The person that doesn't go down there and see how it's really made and taste the tequila when it's bouquet and when, it, you know, the w distilled one that, you know, like uh, 110 proof, you know, tasting it like that and seeing how it's, you know, blending it down and looking at the barrels. And I don't know, just every single step of the way is it's like, you know, what musician would go let somebody else write and sing the song and then you come and put your name on it. And that's how I look at that. I mean, it's like, no, you go write the song. You play the guitar on it. If you play guitar, whatever you play, you bring in the right drummer, the drummer you want, and the bass player you want. You say, this is the way the song goes. And you sing the damn song. And you put it out and put your name on it. That's what I do with tequila. I, I get involved. So I do with my rum. 100% from the ground root. Juan Eduardo has pigs on his property way down at the other end. And he's the runoff from the top and the bottom, you know, when you do the cut, goes to yeah. the pigs. The, the pulp of the agave goes to the pigs and they eat agave. They, you know, like cooked agave, they eat it, right? And then Delicious. you put you one of them pigs and make, ta I hate to sound cruel, but no, but he does it. I don't. And you make tacos and you drink that tequila. That is the most romantic thing you'll ever do in your life. Okay. I mean, I, I don't care who you are. It's like, it's right up there with making love to the right woman, you know, to the right partner. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. That is gives me goosebumps and salivate thinking about when I get to go down there again and, and experience that kind of a thing. So there you go. I mean, that, the people that are just putting your name on something, you're missing all that. And brother, I'm sorry. That ain't what I'm about. I don't want to just arrive somewhere. Yeah. I want to go for the ride. You know what I mean? I'll experience all the things that happen in between. So uh, that's the difference between calling it a celebrity tequila, but whatever. The passion's there. I mean, we can tell. I mean, since early days, Cabo Wabo. I mean, this is your life. This is lifestyle. And sadly, there are so many celebrities that that see an opportunity to to add to their portfolio, and and they do go to a, a giant distillery. They say, "I want vanilla. I want caramel. I want these flavor profiles." And the master distiller says, "Okay, give me you know a month. Give me a few weeks, and and I'll have a blanco, repo, and añejo." And for you, I mean, this just continues to prove the point that when you launched with the Blanco, it took some time for the repo because it takes time and barrel. And you're just now excited to see that the Añejo is going to come out maybe in a month or so. And you didn't just start out with it. This is you going, we made that this takes time. Yeah. And to go two years plus in the barrel for that Añejo, there's a labor of love here that a lot of these other celebrities, they, they don't fully understand. And so it is huge respect. And, and, you know, people ask me all the time because we, they do talk about celebrity tequilas. And I always say Santo Fino, old school Cabo Wabo. I mean, these are bottles that you want to be collecting and sipping on because it is made really well. We've got agave, water, and yeast. I've got your Blanco and Repo in front of me. Let's talk through the process. You've mentioned a little bit of, of how Juan Eduardo is making this, but tell me the process for this Blanco brick oven, roller mill, and then, and then I'm going to taste it and then we'll get to the Reposado. Well, the Blanco to me is where it all starts. Like I said, if you don't have a good Blanco, then I, I'm not going to trust yeah. your Añejo or your, your uh, Reposado. 
I always just say, somebody says, I want you to taste my tequila. I say, go, let's, let me taste your Blanco because that's where, you know, that's where I'm going to give you a yay or an A. Nowadays, a lot of people probably do make a different Reposado. It probably isn't even the same Blanco that goes into the barrel. But that Blanco right there, when we first got with Juan and we were tasting, he had an A, B, and a C. And I thought, what's the difference? He goes, just aeration and uh, just a few little things. You know I mean? You know, he's one of those artists that don't like to tell you everything. He's like, hey, you know, (laughs) you're trying to take my job here. (laughs) Go tell somebody else. But truthfully, the first time I tasted it, the only negative I had was for it was hot. It it felt like it was higher alcohol. And he said, no, it's not, you know, but it's just because it's brand new. It's just made, you know, and he goes, alcohol escapes a little bit. He did a second aeration, which is where I guess he just pumped air into the big tanks and have them bubble around for a while. And it's really just kind of releases kind of like the nastiness, you know, and it just kind of smooths it out of mellow. But that Blanco right there, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, so it's hard for me to talk about it, but it smells fresh. It smells clean. I don't smell any, any nothing else in it. It just smells like agave. It just smells like Mexico. It smells like the the fields, you know, it smells like a, you ever smell a raw agave when you cut it up, when they first cut up the pinas, the way it smells in those rooms. I smell that in there. I smell you know, a little bit of a caramelization. So you almost get a little bit of vanilla in there without the wood, almost get a little bit of coconut in there without the wood, a little bit of peach, maybe a little bit of kind of citrusy, uh, but I like the almost tropical citrus in there, but it's so subtle. You know, when you say these things, people go, well, I don't smell that. Well, no, it's not jumping in your face. <laughs> it ain't like opening up a pineapple, man. It's like, but it's, yeah. it's, it's in there. And it just, all that's just from the earth. It's just from the agave. But I think that twice cooking it, letting it cook, rest, and cook again, brings a little more caramelization. It makes it almost a little creme brulee-ish over, over a re- another one that doesn't do that. So we're going high, Highland agaves. I mean, there's a sweetness here going in the Ornos, the brick ovens, and then deep well water. Is that what you're adding to this? Yeah. Well, the water comes right off the property. And let me tell you another thing. The yeast, the fermentation comes from, not from bees, it comes from bats. He, yeah. yeah. Juan Eduardo's a, a, he likes the bats, you know, and I think it's, they play a huge role. I yeah. think it's so cool in the fields. He likes to have, even uh, when we have to buy outside agave, the growers, he has them let one, one of the agaves, he lets them bolt, you know, to where you get that beautiful, you know, that uh, spike, that little tree with all the beautiful flowers. Yeah. That he, he likes yeah. to keep that going in all the fields, you know, so that, the bats can pollinate and they, and they keep, and that's why he kind of has what he calls his personal little stamp on the, on the, the flavor of the agave. It stays within the family. It's almost like I, I attribute it to like a sourdough starter, you know, like you have a starter and you keep using the same one and you keep, and it just uh, carries on that same little uniqueness. It's a very subtle thing, but he, he's that into it, you know, Juan Eduardo. And you know, when a guy's like that, you feel like, Sure. You know, you try to give him say, hey, what if we, well, sure, we can try that. You know, he just seems to be pretty set in his way. And I, I like it. I like his way. <laughs> this Blanco super clean. I mean, this is very agave forward sweetness. There's a little bit of bite there, but that, I mean, that's what it's I want. Tequila. This is tequila. Very clean. You can tell nothing going on here with additives. This is very clean. This is your, your regular Blanco. You do have a higher proof still strain. Let's correct? call that Guy Fieri's. It's like, man, it's like chewing on a <laughs> on a piece of agave it's been soaked in 110 you know guys telling me 
I love that. Are you kidding me? I say, well, yeah, you get your buzz on real quick. <laughs> was it just something that Juan Eduardo, you know, because I know I've, I've been to Mexico many times and, and to many different distilleries. And, you know, as it comes through off that second round of distillation, you know, it is coming off 110 or even yeah. higher. Was it something that he presented to you guys and said, hey, why don't you try this? And, and immediately guy just fell in love with no, it. No, yeah. Guy, guy wanted to try it. He, you know, he thought because. Uh, you know, guys in a, he's got what, 75, 80 restaurants and bars, you know? So uh, he's seeing a trend with people wanting to drink higher proof, especially whiskeys and and bourbons and scotch and stuff. There's a, there's a real trend in high proof. So he said, let's try and make a high proof tequila. And I said, sure, we're open-minded to trying. I I love trying stuff. We should, we've got other stuff that we've got down there that we're trying to do and look at it. And it's not putting it in wine barrels. I do not want my tequila to have tannin personally. I'm a purist. I think next thing I want to do with it, I want to put it in barrels, see what happens. But if you go to Mexico and you go around tequila and Jalisco and you taste uh, a lot of home, you know, you go to little distilleries, a lot of them are 35 and 37 and and 40. You know, it's like they're not, they're lower, a little bit lower alcohol for some reason. I I like it. I I did it with my rum, with my uh, beach bar rum. My my redhead uh, is is 35%, you know, because... Mm, it makes a nicer drink. It's easier to drink. You don't even know it's there, kind of, you know. But then you, all of a sudden, you get your little buzz. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm big on being able to drink more and make my light, my <laughs> night last longer. I really am. I, I, I'm a professional here. I, I own the Cabo Wobble. I go down there and play from, you know, go down there eight o'clock at night, start drinking and eating and partying, eating tacos, and going on stage at midnight and two or three o'clock in the morning. I still want to be going and I want to go home and be able to go to sleep. And I go, whoa, I got. I yeah. got the spins and I, I'm, I'm a true, true believer. And really, I like, I like to stretch my nights out. Yeah. This, this Blanco, like I said, super clean. And as air gets into it, it, you mentioned this, it gets a little creamy. I mean, it definitely very silky as you continue to just sip on it. It continues to give with flavors. You just gave me the goosebumps. See, that's what I wanted. I want from everyone. I want them to get to that point where it tastes the creaminess. It's actually yep. creamy. It's like creme brulee. It's, you know, but so subtle, but so it's hard to say, oh man, I got my furs up because of that. Cause you got that. So that, that was the Blanco. You've got the Mezquila, the Blanco, the high proof. And then you do have a Reposado that you did launch. As I mentioned before, you launched that afterwards. This is your Blanco going into barrels. How long roughly are you aging it? And, and what was the process with the Reposado? The Rosso as a Reposado was really a, a complex thing, Doug. We don't tell everybody this, but we had Juan Eduardo has a bunch of old barrels that he's been using for, you know, friends and his probably five or six times use. And they, you know, how they score the inside with the charcoal, they, they, they burn yeah. them uh, to get rid of the mold and stuff. He just put our Blanco in Reposado barrels. Not a lot of them because, you know, we're going to have a little experiment and see how long we wanted it to go. And we tasted, I kept tasting. I kept saying guy. And here's a good thing about having Guy Fietigan, a guy that people respect his palate. I'm saying guy. I'm yeah. tasting the mold in this. These barrels are not good. I, I don't think we do. I think we're wasting our time going any farther. About two or three months. And he said, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I said, you can smell it. I can smell mustiness. I don't want my tequila. Yeah. yeah. And we said, we went and bought new barrels. Went and bought 110 new barrels and started over. And that's why it took so long to get the Reposado out. Okay. And that's why it took so long to get the Añejo out too, because we're now, now we left some in there, but for the Añejo, we started smelling it and tasting it right away, you know, a couple months. So we kept tasting it, had no color. So we let it go 
four to six months and it's clean once again. Yeah. I mean, the color it, for four to six months, it's I mean, white. this is, uh, I'm assuming X, X bourbon or American white oak yeah. barrels, uh, new. And, and so those barrels, like, but this is very light in yeah. color and this is very light. It's still very agave forward. I mean, everything, uh, the Añejo is not out. You've got some in front of you, but I know once I get a chance to try that, I'm expecting it to still be very agave forward because you are respecting the agave. But for this, I, I get some cinnamon off of it, some baking spices, but that agave is still very much there. And, and it is very light in color compared to many other reposados I've seen out there on the market. Yeah. And it's got a little bit less of a whiskey thing going on, bourbon thing, because the barrel's only been used once. If you keep putting tequila in that thing and about the fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth time and keep burning it and all that, it starts getting, if it, to me, it just starts getting funky and it's, it covers up the agave, the cleanness. I, I don't know, maybe I'm, because I've been doing it so long, I'm really resorting back towards a Blanco. And I don't like two aged products that are two aged, even though our Añejo is two, over two years, but it doesn't taste old and funky. See, I don't like the old funky thing. I'm, I like a clean. I'm really starting to like clean. I like clean. I like clean. You know, with my architecture, I used to want to have a house. Oh, man, we'll paint it, you know, black and with, you know, purple trim and all this stuff, you know, like because psychedelic, you know. But now it's like, nah, just white, you know, maybe a little beige around it. You know, I'm starting to get everything cleaning up, you know. Even with my music, I don't like to overproduce anymore. I don't, you know, I used to put five guitar tracks. Like just one guitar track, man. You play the right part. You don't need to put five tracks on there, you know. So... <laughs> it's it's kind of where I'm going in my life, but that reposado man is it's same as that blanco. It's clean as a whistle. You get no yep. artificial smells, no funky woody. It's no. clean as just some people might think it's too clean. Maybe it don't have a whole lot of taste. It's elegant. That's like a word I like to use about it. it's elegant. Yeah, it's subtle. It's very subtle. The, the barrel that that the flavors that are coming from that barrel is very subtle. And again, we don't want this to be whiskey. We want this to be tequila. And so you don't want that barrel to cover up and mask any of that agave. And and you guys have balanced that really well here with this reposado. We've talked about this in Yeho. You you've had it, or is this the first time you're you're having no, it? No, I've had it, but this is right before it goes into bottles. This is the last time I'm tasting it. But we tasted it and said, yeah, take it out, and we put it in stainless steel. You know, because uh, same thing, I don't want it to go too far. Yeah. We were just looking for a little more color. This this is was just came to me, and I'm I'm uh, I don't like to drink this time of day, but <laughs> I guess I pretty much got to do this because I want to. I told them, oh man, see, oh so clean. I mean. If I had another Añejo, I just don't know what else would be that clean. That, you said two years. This is something that you, you guys over said two years. over two years. We kept tasting it. We, you know, we, every month we'd say, well, no. You know what happened is I was smelling. I could smell the barrel at about a year and two months, at about 14 months. Okay. I was smelling. I'm saying I'm smelling the barrel. It's, it, in other words, to me, it didn't come together. Just like the mezquila, when I was tasting before, I'm tasting too much mezcal. I'm tasting too much tequila. It never came together until we did, Juan Eduardo did his thing. And it was like, oh, now I taste, I don't taste tequila. I don't taste mezcal. I taste mezquila, right? Yeah. Now I smell aged tequila. I don't smell the barrel. And that's, oh, God. Whew, here they come. Look at the furs up. Oh, my God. And it's so, oh, God, it's, it's orange. And it's like. It smelled like somebody already put some things in there, but they didn't. <laughs> oh, wow. this, what are we expecting uh, in the next month to two months? Will we start to see I, this? I hope so. But I would imagine to get it into the marketplace, it's probably going to be a couple months. But 
What, what do we get on the on the taste? I, I I don't have any in front of me, so you you gotta you gotta describe it to me. How's this in Yeho? Long, which stand right there. After you swallow it, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even sure I swallowed it. It tastes like it's still right there. So nice and thick, and of course it just it's just tequila, just agave tequila that's been in a barrel. Did you by any chance leave any in the barrel for potentially one day an extra in Yeho? No. No, we, we're, we're, we're running short on product. <laughs> so left it in there as long as, long as we thought we had to. Wow. I can't explain it, but it tastes like it smells. And that's unique in itself, too. You know how yeah. many times you smell the wine, smells delicious, and you taste it, and whoa, it doesn't taste like that, or, or vice versa. That's, that's one of my big no-nos that I don't like is when things don't taste like they smell. This tastes exactly like it smells. It's thick. Honestly, I think, you know, more orangey than lime, you know, like how Blanco's taste smell and taste limey to me, and a little bit of salt and lime. Yeah, it's really, it really smells like a nice, nice orange, you know, and, and, and kind of tropical fruits. I don't know where the tropical thing comes from with, with Juan Eduardo's tequilas, but they get a little tropical. I'm sure that Añejo just continues to deepen. The, those flavors, as it comes through with that repo, that Añejo probably just continues to deepen. I can't tell you how elegant. I mean, I can, I'm getting start. I'm getting stopped on this. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, whoa, whoa! It's so friggin' elegant that it's. I mean, it's got to be the finest refined tequila on the planet. That is so elegant. I mean, wow! Who would want to put anything in that? I wouldn't do anything to that. I wouldn't even, I would never make <laughs> out of that. No, just, just to sip on that. Has, has guy had that as well? Or as you guys are oh, yeah. getting this out, this final version? Yeah. We're, and, and when we get off this thing, I'm supposed to make a little video and with him and tell him how I'm feeling about it. And I already cheated though. I already, <laughs> but see, I'll have more information for him. That's so much for me. I mean, honestly, I can't even tell you about it. Just caramel, but that, that wonderful agave, it just tastes ripe. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it just, it does, there's no green in there, but it's clean. And it's a different presentation. I saw the a picture of the bottle on social yeah, media yeah. and it's elegant. I mean, it's a beautiful bottle. It's, it's still in the same vein as the Santo bottle, but it, it is very elegant for you guys to, to really release this as something very special. Yeah. You nailed it. When Guy and I first tasted it about a year ago, and we said, this is going to be so elegant. But like I said, I was still tasting the separation from the barrel. It hadn't blended yet. Yeah. And we said, we, we need to make a really special bottle for this. And we looked at taking our old bottle and making it gold, just like gold leaf it, you know? And I said, yeah, that old bottle, that's, that's very kind of primitive. It's, you know, it's kind of nice little earthiness and kind of a, a low, lo-fi thing about it. You know, I said, this is, this is not lo-fi. This is hi-fi. So a little, a little elevated bottle there. Well, I'm excited to see it. And it just, again, as I said before, it continues to speak to your authenticity, your passion, because you could have started, I mean, you could have started with a Blanco, Repo, and Añejo day one. I mean, there are distilleries that have tequila just sitting in barrels. Well, that's what everybody does. Yeah, that's where a lot of these distilleries and a lot of these brands that are making a ton of different brands coming out of them, and you guys said, no, that's not what we're doing, and, and that's not what you did back in the day with Cabo Wabo. We actually came out with a Reposado first for about three or four years before we even considered, oh, let's make a Blanco. Oh, let's make it a Yeho. Then we made the Cabo Uno. We only made 7,000 bottles, yeah. but that Cabo Uno was 48 months old. Uh, but but I'm, I'm telling you, the people that come out with all three SKUs at the same time, well, that pretty much tells you that it is a celebrity brand. <laughs> yeah, it's just an opportunity. But it's all right. Yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah. Let, let me say this much. It, it was it's, it's so much fun if you really get into it, but it's, it's also lucrative if that's what you're looking for. But for me, 
I just want to have the best tequila in the world. I don't want to have the biggest tequila in the world. I, I don't want to make 2 million cases. I don't think we can. You yeah. can I don't think you can make 2 million cases of that. Yeah. Three or 400,000 cases is about all you can make on this level. And this has great distribution. I, I see Santo, you know, I want to make sure people as they're listening to this, as they're going out, they, they want to pick up a bottle. You've got really great distribution all, all over the U.S. And, you know, I want to make sure for, for any social media website. Southern Glacier Wine and Spirits is, is who we're with everywhere nationally. They have a huge distribution system. Our problem is, is that we're a lot of places considering how small we are because we are definitely a boutique brand and we're still hand making it. Like I said, we're not, we didn't blast out with three SKUs, you know, bam, throw them into the marketplace and stick them on a shelf. You know, we came out one at a time uh, intentionally. I mean, I would have loved to have said, oh, we, we've got the time to just wait for the Añejo. So we'll just sit on this wonderful Blanco for three years. No, with just, you know, one step at a time. So our distribution is, you know, it's limited to what we can produce. And, and there's no question about that. And the, the agave shortage you know, we could produce a lot more if we use smaller agaves and green agaves and cheaper agaves and just rotten agaves, you know, ones that are thrown out by the by the good makers, you know, the ones we throw out. Yeah, the, yeah. you know, we can go buy them back. But no, it's I think it's it has to be done right. And there's no reason to do it any other way. If somebody says, you know, are you, you know, how much money do you need? I say, I don't need any money. Let's get that straight. Let me let me let me testify. I don't need money. I'm all good. Right. I need to have the best products in the world. I want to, when I go out, I want people to say, what, what do you think about Sammy Hagar? Well, man, he made some good shit, man. You know, his music, his restaurants, everything was good. Yeah. You're, you're the real deal. Santospirit.com. People can go to the website. They can learn more about the brand. Uh, they can purchase it. I saw on the website, they can purchase this. And then, you know, you, you are very active. People can catch up with what you've got going on with redrocker.com for everything. You, you got a lot of videos up there, but Sammy, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for uh, staying true to this. And as I said before, for really laying the foundation for so many to come after you to uh, put forward uh, such a great authentic tequila but man what, what an honor to to have you on the show can't wait to find the añejo uh, as you just described how how delicious it is you know we'll, we'll be searching for that but my friend thank you so much for for being on the show uh, i just want to say thank you for appreciating what i do that means a lot to me you gave me goosebumps twice that's all you need to know i'll take it sammy cheers and salute my friend congrats on santo fino to you and guy and like i said can't wait to uh, to find a bottle of that añejo Salute, my friend. Thank you, Doug. Okay, cheers. Cheers. That was rock legend Sammy Hagar with Santofino Tequila. Be sure to go to santospirit.com to learn more about the brand. To keep up with Sammy, you can visit redrocker.com. I'm Doug Price, and thanks for listening.